welcome to the Global Fly Fisher Podcast. This is Global Fly Fisher partner Martin Jorgensen speaking. I'm lying on the beach in southern Sweden, actually, on my back with my head on a tree trunk, looking up into the sky and uh, up into the trees. After having fished for a few hours, it's about 10 in the evening, and uh, the plan is that we are going to night fish, fish through the night until the early morning, and uh, this is what this podcast is going to be about. see since I'm lying down I can see my friend Henning on a, on a stone out there casting and Casper uh, um, who is also with us is um, a bit further down the beach considering that we're planning on fishing through the night we've actually had quite a good day already or quite a good evening we started this afternoon or late this afternoon I've actually had five or six fish in, uh, in my hands, and Casper uh, had a couple, and Henning had one, so uh, the success is there already. We don't need really to catch anything apart from that in order to call this a good trip, but all these fish have been fairly small ones, uh, if you consider the, the normal size over here, fish in the... Uh, and the one kilo, one and a half kilo, three pounds or something like that, 50 centimeters. Uh, all fish that have been just on the slim side. Fish that have been spawning this winter and, and spring. And uh, have returned to the ocean to, uh, to eat and, and grow. But even though these fish particularly in the early spring, are quite weak and, uh, and not very, very good fighters. The ones that we've caught now, being in the beginning of June, have been extremely strong. Actually, I had one that took my loose line in just a few seconds and really ran, and I was almost sure that I had a big chrome fish. But um, it actually uh, appeared to be a, a quite a small fish compared and uh, but just very very strong really nice fish amazing actually Casper had one just uh, half an hour ago or something that was similarly strong and uh, really uh, took some line on him and he had quite a, a hard time getting it to hand so uh, nice fish great fishing right now it's as I said about 10 o'clock and it's uh, it's slowly getting dark we were expecting to uh, to see some action about r- around eight nine o'clock or something like that, but uh, uh, we've really seen very little. Uh, usually, what you see when you uh, when you fish uh, at night is fish jumping uh, far out. Typically, you will see them fairly uh, at a fairly uh, good distance from the beach, and uh, and you will uh, you will see them jump and hear the splashes and uh, 
it's a very good sign of fish uh, moving closer to the uh, to the shoreline and uh, getting within casting range. But actually, uh, we've seen very few. I've seen a couple, and Casper has seen one, and Henning has seen nothing. He says, and uh, that would be the expectation would be to see fish like that. Also, we would expect to see fish in the surface, which is quite common when it gets dark. You see fish hunting, and they actually uh, they roam around in the surface, and you see splashes and uh, bait fish escaping, and uh, see fins and tails. But um, that has also been quite devoid here. We have uh, we have seen a lot of small fish in the in the 20 centimeters range, like four or five, six inches or something like that, but nothing big, uh, close to the shore at least. So. Um, the small ones have been very, very abundant. I uh, I put myself on a rock in one place and just fished for a while, and suddenly I saw what I thought was a school of herring, actually. The herring is quite common over here, and uh, small, shiny fish. I could clearly see them in the, in the water, and uh, some of them would jump and skip, and uh, it looked like herring escaping from uh, from some predator, or just, uh, just fleeing, but... Um, I actually caught one, and it was a small trout. And I guess the school may be a, have been a hundred fish, or maybe a couple of hundred fish, and um, just passed by me. Which sometimes happens. You see these small smolt, which are really way too small to to catch. Uh, you shouldn't actually cast when you see them. So as they have passed. I started casting again and had a really good fish, a nice fish, one of these 50 centimeters, maybe a bit more. Fought it, got it to hand, snapped a couple of pictures and let it go. And actually on the consecutive three casts following that cast, I, I had a fish in each cast. So I landed four fish in four casts, which is really, really good for sea trout fishing. It's quite amazing how um, how you sometimes run into a, a probably a school of fish or something like that and just get action. It's really nice to know that every time you cast, you you have a chance of of catching a fish. And uh, the last one actually, uh, I, when I had cast out, I I had a good take. I could feel the fish clearly uh, yanking its head from side to side, but then it let go, and uh, well, I just pulled back my fly to get another cast out and in the moment that I lifted the fly to make a, a back cast a fish struck and I w hooked it immediately and it just ran on me it was quite amazing so um, well it's been a good good evening and uh, and as I said it's probably uh, it's probably uh, we're probably going to stay through the night and uh, my plan is to continue this recording when uh, when it's uh, become a bit darker and uh, and I'm in the water as I said I'm on my back right now and just relaxing and just thinking about nothing and everything we've actually um, enjoyed a very very good very good meal here usually we bring a small barbecue or something like that and mostly it's just bread and sausages or whatever, but uh, today Casper had prepared a really luxurious meal of um, sirloin 
uh, in a marinade um, and uh, potatoes and vegetables on the on the barbecue and uh, even red wine so we've uh, we've really been treated like uh, like barons here and had luxurious uh, and very convenient uh, time here it's been it's been great and uh, probably if I'm not mistaking uh, there will be um, a bit of coffee later on and uh, I know that Casper has brought rolls and cheese and butter and and we'll brew some fresh coffee in the morning so uh, even though the night may be a bit long and dark and cold it's uh, it's probably going to be very nice and and uh, to get up in the morning well we'll see I'll um I'll uh, continue recording when it gets a bit darker and I'm in the water fishing was a nightingale sitting in a tree right in front of me, very close, just a few meters away. It's uh, gone silent now, it's uh, probably hurt me, but uh, beautiful singing. here and it's uh, actually not that easy since it's become pretty dark and uh, oh, uh, and right now uh, I'm walking in uh, you know a little seaweed that's been blown ashore and on the rocks here so if you will pardon me I'm probably going to moan and and groan a bit here while I'm walking and uh, 
the easiest way actually to get along this particular beach seems to be to walk on the on the top of the stones unless you can get into the water like this and uh, and just walk on the on the pebbles on the bottom a few places are comfortable but most places are actually extremely rocky and, and difficult to wade and as i said it's it's rather dark now so one of the things you can do of course is get a, a, a lamp but personally I actually prefer not to use one because it it ruins your night vision and it's really nice to to be able to see something without the aid of light and there is pretty much light from the sky here it's just in my back right now so it's not that useful but uh, I'm trying to maneuver myself to a place where I can use the light to have it in the surface and um, and that way be able to see whether there are any fish moving in the surface or jumping or anything like that. But as I said I prefer not using a, a lamp when night fishing because uh, the very bright light is, is really uh, able to set your eyes back quite a bit um, and you, you, once your eyes get used to the dark they really um, do a pretty good job of, of seeing in the, in the weak light but um, you have a problem in one situation whoop pretty rough waiting here. Now in one situation you may have a problem and that's when you want to put on a, uh, a, a new fly because uh, it can be pretty difficult to see the uh, the eye uh, and get the line through the eye. I usually use a small trick which is putting my tongue against the eye of the fly and then just poking the line and actually you are able to feel the uh, you're actually able to feel the line very clearly with your tongue and uh, you can you can clearly feel when it's uh, when it's outside the uh, the eye and when it's inside and once it's inside you actually just grab the tip of the line with your with your teeth and pull the tippet through and then tie the knot you want to tie which you can of course tie blind that is very important that you are able to tie the knots you use without looking which in many cases is somewhat of a challenge but not impossible We fish fairly heavy tippets here, so and fairly big flies. Typically, that would be like 1x or 2x, um, and flies in the fours and six sizes, and uh, of course, the eyes on those flies and the thickness of the tippet makes it quite a bit easier 
than it would be if you were fishing a 7x tippet in a, in a size 16 fly. But and again, I would guess that you wouldn't fish such a, a small fly in uh, in absolute darkness. Uh, well, I don't know. Okay, I've put myself in a place now where I can actually get into the water um, and get out to fish. And it is kind of dark, but I can see the contours of the of the bottom here. I can see where the rocks are and where the holes are, almost. And if I can't see them, I'll just have to feel my way through with the uh, with my feet. I've actually uh, acquired a new uh, pair of wading boots. I've been writing quite a bit about boots and felt soles and stuff like that. And uh, these are some really, really nice rubber sole boots with with some studs that are extremely good. I've never been much of a fan of studs or spikes on your boots, but these have made, made me change my mind. They work really well. Um, and it makes it quite a bit easier to uh, to wait in a in a place like this at knowing that when you put your foot down it's actually it's going to stay there and uh, well we're ready to start fishing i've uh, i've been uh, changing to to, a, to a, a rod i brought a rod with a floating line and um, the reason that I had a floating line was uh, that I wanted to um, to fish some floating surf, uh, surface uh, flies. Um, I wanted to fish uh, mudlers and, uh, and a new contraption that I've just uh, actually put on my tippet right now, which is a kind of a Chernobyl ant foam thing. Um, bigger and noisier and louder and foam and rubber legs and uh, stuff like that tied on a size 4 probably uh, actually I can feel now that I've I haven't got a, a floating weight forward as I thought but actually a shooting head set up with a floating shooting head well I'll have to do with that that'll be that'll be fine but you may be able to hear the clicking of the of the um, connection between the the shooting head and the and the shooting line in when I when I cast. The fly is supposed to fish in the in the surface, and uh, that is interesting because these fish are now uh, in some water which is very dark, and um, they have to look upwards towards the sky in order to orient and find food and uh, if I have a fly on that that fishes in the surface and makes a lot of noise in the surface actually this one is much like a small frog pattern or something like that there's uh, a good chance that 
the fish will actually see this this fly. I'm just pulling it in now and checking it and it's just floating like a cork and it's making a, a wake as I uh, as I pull it through the, the water which is precisely what I want and fishing it on a, on a floater means that it won't be drawn under oh, this was this is uh, it's actually for some reason it's much easier to cast a, a weight forward line when you can't see what's happening it's just uh, not that easy to cast a, a shooting head I think at least but let's get the line out there so I cast out in the cast not that, that long here it's uh, it's pretty deep close in and uh, oh I can hear the fly that's good actually the fly goes plop like a popper it's pretty deep out here and uh, I don't need to cast that long great I, whoa that was a, a fish <laughs> that was a small fish that struck the moment that I uh, that I lifted the fly off the water <laughs> it it just came clear out of the water it's probably a, about a foot long fish or something like that not 30 40 centimeters but <laughs> it definitely saw the uh, saw the fly in the surface and just struck as I as I lifted which is uh, <laughs> of course pretty stupid but uh, that happens oops again I think they may be caught caught a very uh, caught a common here when it's dark caught a very surface oriented and uh, caught a typically going very aggressively uh, towards the surface when you fish something in the surface and uh, and uh, trout will follow the fly for a while and you can often see the the, 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 the trout trailing behind the fly while cod will just go and break the surface and cod are really clumsy fish they're not really agile hunters or anything like that they will whoops again and they will just strike and miss and strike and miss which is sometimes sometimes pretty funny and sometimes very annoying this was definitely not a big fish they're known to be uh, to be quite quite big around here uh, but let's see what happens Just heard the heron in the in the distance here. One thing about fishing in the in the darkness is that you really use your ears. You hear fish action. You hear birds, animals. The fox may bark in the in the woods. We had just earlier this evening we had um, nightingales singing. There are a lot of mosquitoes here, and nightingales seems to prefer areas with mosquitoes and we had the the owl hooting with a very clear sound just uh, a while back which is really a nice thing about being out in the night is that you actually hear all those those sounds of, uh, of the nature around you and uh, sometimes you seem to forget that you have your ears and not to mention your nose 
uh, in preference of your eyes and you just seem to use your eyes quite a bit. One nice thing about this podcasting is actually uh, that it's sound only and uh, and the way that you can actually transfer the ambience of the place through sound and you can actually convey the impressions of a place through talk just telling people what you experience and what you see and um, I find that quite a quite a great thing I'm probably uh, laying out about 20 meters of line or something like that about 60 feet it's not exactly uh, long distance casting here but uh, in most cases it uh, it's sufficient uh, to get out to where the fish are because in the in the darkness they actually come very close to the shore and you'd be amazed sometimes particularly when you get to a place in the in the morning and very early before sunup and you you get into the water and uh, you spook a fish which is just on the very edge of the water and maybe uh, you know 20 30 centimeters or just a foot of water and and you see a sea trout just di- disappearing out into the deeper uh, deeper water and uh, and you know that you've actually spooked a fish, fish w- which was probably just a couple of meters away from the from the shoreline, and um, and in the darkness they go really close to the shore. That's where where the food is, and uh, where uh, all the uh, the shrimps and the fry and the uh, the mice and what have you will be in the in the very uh, shallow water, very close to the to the shoreline. <coughs> I haven't seen or heard anything from further out, just the, the small fish that were, were close and were hunting my fly. And uh, I don't know what's if anything will happen here. One thing that I do quite regularly when I fish uh, in the darkness is actually check my fly. Um, it's not uncommon that you fish with a with a reversed fly that just caught itself on the on the the leader, and I've actually quite a few times fished with no fly because it's been. Uh, ripped up in a, in, a, in a back cast or snapped off or something like that and uh, it's a pretty stupid feeling to be fishing in absolute darkness and just go along the beach and cast and maybe uh, you've been casting for 15 minutes and then you check the fly and, uh, and it appears that you don't have a fly on pretty stupid so you might as well just make it a habit to check the fly once in a while to make sure that you still have one on and that it's actually fishing as you want it to.
just working my way along here as you can hear now I'm going in between some huge rocks where the, the water is just splashing around here so I just have to move myself a bit towards the beach Oop. and it's somewhat an experiment here just put your feet out and hope that you that they stick on something but in many cases actually it's it's pretty easy waiting for some reason it sometimes seems easier to wait without knowing what you're walking on than it is when you can see stuff because when you can see stuff you plan where you're going and do what you can to step where you think it's uh, it's stable and where it's good and where it's flat when you walk in the dark well you just have to feel your way and you don't set down your foot before you know that it's got a a stable uh, a stable uh, place to 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 rest and uh, to and to uh, to get a grip and uh, that sometimes makes it easier to wait and more safe to wait when it's pitch dark than it is when you can see because for some reason your decisions about where your feet should go are not that good when you can see what's happening Seems like my my Chernobyl ant thing here didn't really do the job, or there weren't any fish. I don't know. It's um, I'll make sure that I take a picture of that fly and and put it on the site because it's uh, and it actually the, the guys I showed it to the guys and they uh, they immediately named it the Basabek ant. The Basabek works as actually a, a plant as an atomic plant here in the in the southern part of Sweden, so uh, it's not the Chernobyl ant, it's the Bazebeg ant. Uh, the Bazebeg is probably uh, a bit more safe than uh, Chernobyl was, so... Uh, uh, but it is quite close to Copenhagen, and... Uh, well, the Bazebeg ant didn't do it, so... Well, well, I think uh, it's about time to uh, reel in and... Uh, and head back to uh, the guys for a cup of coffee and uh, might as well take that opportunity to say uh, goodbye to you um, again from waist deep water in the ocean somewhere in the Baltic um, it's uh, Martin Jorgensen uh, from the website theglobalflyfisher.com saying uh, bye and um, have a nice day and don't forget to go fishing as often and as much as you can it's a lifesaver to go fishing it's a way to let out steam it's a way to get your thoughts away from all the humdrum and um, yeah go fishing huh? okay take care Bye.
turn out some music. That beautiful blues guitar that you heard in the background was Shaq playing Walking By Myself. Very suitable name for this podcast, I thought. The tune is something that I found on magnatune.com where you can download some really, really excellent uh, music and and buy it quite cheaply. So, magnatune.com. Go there and check it out. 